Welcome to another session of Doc Bites, podcast to empower you with information from specialists in medical auditing, billing, coding, compliance, and documentation. Now, here's the host of Doc Bites, Sharon Easterly. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our Doc Bites podcast for today, empowering you with information. Well, today we have a very special guest with us. I'm so excited that we have Crystal Gooding. And Crystal is a health information technology instructor at Pitt Community College. Crystal also is a advocate volunteer um, for the North Carolina Health Information Management Association. So I wanted to bring Crystal on just to share some of her experience with us and to give us some tips about things that we need to maybe be thinking about for the future. So hello, Crystal, and welcome. Thank you. I appreciate the the opportunity to come on today. Oh, great. So, Crystal, we're going to get started. And um, first of all, I'd like to say that I have been kind of busy with work. You know, sometimes work gets in the way of the fun stuff, and this is fun for me. Uh, but So I haven't had a podcast lately, so I'm glad to be back and sharing things with you. So, Krista, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. As you stated, my name is Crystal Gooding. I am an online health information technology instructor at Pitt Community College, which is located in eastern North Carolina. Um, I began my humble beginnings actually here as a graduate of their associate degree program in health information technology. Um, I later completed my bachelor's degree in health information management at the University of Cincinnati. I, um, I have both my RHIA and CPMA credentials. Um, I'm a, mem- a member of both AHIMA and AAPC. I volunteer for my professional associations, both AHIMA as well as CP, excuse me, as well as the AAPC. But I also do a lot of stuff in the community. Um, I do a lot of civic work. Um, I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, I do a lot to give back because that's one of my passions. I love helping others. I love giving back to my community. Um, but I especially love making an impact on the HIT profession by equipping, you know, students for success or HIM professionals for success. Um, that's one of the things that really you know, pulls on my heartstrings for the volunteer component. It's not just for me to help myself, but it's for me to help my profession and those like me in the profession. So that's pretty much a little bit about me. Um, my career experience, oh, my gosh, it is a plethora of, of opportunities that I've had, you know, the privilege to be a part of just because of how health information technology and health information management how it's orchestrated. You know, you don't have to go to school and just have one career option. You can have tons of career options. So, um, absolutely. So next, next year I'll celebrate my 10, my 10th year in the profession. And over the course, thank you. And over the course of those 10 years, I've been a coder. 
uh, an auditing specialist. I've been an insurance encoding specialist. I've worked with compliance. Um, I've actually been an auditor uh, for a multi-specialty private practice, actually a large private practice here in eastern North Carolina. Um, and now I have the opportunity to work in education as, you know, as an instructor. So the opportunities are endless. I have no idea what the future holds, but I'm excited about what it will bring. Wonderful, Crystal. And, you know, that kind of leads me to, you know, the big break. Everybody talks about the big break. How did you get in? How did you get started? So can you share with us a little bit about how you started? You know, you finished school and you're ready to get that job. What, what were the steps that you took to do that? To be, to be honest, your big break, in my opinion, is not glamorous. You know, a lot of people think it's about the glitter and the gold of having that first coding job, but it's hard work. You have to establish um, yourself in the profession. You have to establish yourself in the HIT and HIM world, and that takes hard work and determination. So to be honest, my first job in healthcare was prior to me completing my associate's degree. I was um, actually working in a small hospital in eastern North Carolina. Uh, it's now called Vidant Edgecombe as their outpatient rehab therapy technician. And to be honest, you would think, like, well, how does that even involve health information? Well, I had to be creative with my experience and getting my foot in the door. I worked in the outpatient therapy department pretty much as an administrative position. So I took, you know, I answered the phones, I made appointments, I made things, you know, made sure that different areas of the department were stocked with supplies. But I found out that the department had internal health records. So the health information department for the hospital itself was centralized, but this particular department of the hospital had its own health records. And so while I was in the position, I began to incorporate what I learned, you know, while in school in that position. And so I got myself used to looking at medical records, the content of it, um, how they were um, organized, what information was where, and I added that to my resume. The more I learned, the more I played with those records at the job, the more I was able to enhance my resume. So once I graduated from the HIT program, um, I had, you know, really revamped my resume, and I was you know, first job ready per se, because I had taken advantage of getting experience in a non-traditional HIT role and, you know, and incorporating that in my HIT journey. So that's how I got my first, my first, um, you know, set of skills to be equipped for my first job. My first job was actually as a coding and auditing specialist at a um, neurology specialty provider practice here in Eastern North Carolina. And the funny story about it was I had put tons of applications out into the Internet world, you know, trying to find oh, that yeah. perfect job. Many of us do, absolutely. And what I realized is that as a new grad, the hardest thing to get, you know, the hardest part of getting your foot in the door is that you don't have the experience that a company is looking for. Mm -hmm. I took that very, very seriously. And one day as I was, you know, applying for jobs, I found a company that I really wanted to work for. 
and I did some research. I went on their website. I found the department head or the person who would be doing the hiring, and I sent her my resume with a passionate email attached. And that email included my personal feelings on being a new graduate, how mm-hmm. that we are more than qualified, you know, because we are a graduate of an associate's or bachelor's um, degree program in the field, as well as we hold a credential, our RHIT or RHIA credential. The problem that I saw was that we don't get the opportunity to display those skills. We don't get the opportunity to shine in the departments that they're looking to hire. We don't mm-hmm. get the opportunity to put our skills to the test. And I sent that email to her with my resume attached. And within 72 hours, she was calling me. She said no one had ever done that before, and she had to give me a try. And that's wow. how I got my first job in the profession. Wow, wow. So it was well-received because sometimes you wonder, hmm, how they're going to receive that information. And, you know, it wasn't anything derogatory. I kept a very positive attitude within the entire email, but I was very passionate with my perspective of giving new grads a chance. I mean, Mm -hmm. what what harm would it be? I mean, all you can do is just, you know, leave, uh, not leave me, but um, all you could do is, is terminate me. But I knew I was able to do the job, but I needed the opportunity to show them that I was able to do the job. And while I was there, um, I moved up in the company several times. They were very pleased with, you know, with my performance and all of the -the out-of-the-box thinking that I brought to the job. And so it was well worth, you know, being fearless and taking, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone and taking that initiative to see what would happen? And a lot of times you have to do that. I tell my students all the time, you got to get out of your comfort zone when you want to get into the profession. You know, a lot of times we just, we're leery of what others may think. We're, we're leery of, you know, the skills that we've developed over the past two years in a program. Mm-hmm. But you have to be that person who raises his or her hand when opportunities come. You have to be the person to step up to, you know, in the spotlight and say, hey, I'm here, I'm available, utilize me, I want to succeed, and I can show you how successful I can be in your department. So you have to do things, you know, out of the box sometimes, and it works. It really does. Well, you're right, Crystal. You know, I can tell that you're definitely a go-getter, and that's one of the things that I think you have to be. You have to show that fire. You know, I'd like to talk about Ignite HIM, and, you know, that's really the things that we have to do, show our abilities and our skills and be willing to step outside that box. So I can hear your passion for the profession. So let's talk a little bit, uh, Crystal, about volunteerism. You know, why is that important for you, and why should other folks be getting involved in volunteerism? I'm so glad you brought that up. Volunteerism is, it's not, you know, emphasized enough as to how important it is. When you volunteer, you're giving your time to the longevity of your profession. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're ensuring that your profession is going to be around forever as well as making sure, specifically HIT and HIM, you're, you know, when you volunteer, you're ensuring that it's going to be where it's supposed to be 
at the forefront of health information, at the forefront of this technology-driven healthcare environment, and most importantly, where it's supposed to be, leading healthcare. I volunteer because um, of those purposes alone. You know, I want to make sure that I have a career to wake up to every day, and it's something that's recognizable. Um, it's something that, you know, sets the standard, and I want to make sure that I give back the time that I'm supposed to because it has truly enhanced, you know, my life, my career. Yeah, um, how has that, Crystal? How do you think being a volunteer has helped you in your career or could help someone in their career? It's important to volunteer because, you know, the association or your, your profession, it needs the man hours to function. You know what I mean? It has to have the bodies there to make sure, you know, um, things are happening like they're supposed to. Volunteerism has, ha- has helped me tremendously because it has allowed people to see who I am as well as I've been able to meet people and know who they are. I think volunteer, when you begin to volunteer, most people think when you volunteer that it should happen once you become a seasoned professional. You know, I'll wait until I've got two or three years in or four or five years or even 10 to 12 years because I can bring so much to the plate. That's not the mindset that we should have. Volunteering Mm -hmm. for your association or for your profession, it really should begin when you are in your HIT and or HIM programs. It -hmm. starts as a student. When you volunteer, you let people know, hey, I am here in the profession. Because the people that are with you could be your, you know, potential colleagues, um, potential employers. Somebody could be looking for someone um, for a project that's upcoming, or you may meet the next person who can help you shift from one career avenue to the next. You know, you used to be a coder, but now you're looking to become a clinical documentation improvement specialist. Well, when Mm -hmm. you volunteer, you meet people that are like-minded, that are in the profession like you. You meet your peers. You begin to create those networks. You begin to exchange resources. That should begin early in your um, process of becoming a professional. So once you've graduated, you've already established a network, and it's easier to get that first job. You may not have to send that, you know, email that I sent (laughs) to the director (laughs) that time because if I had started volunteering earlier, I could have essentially met the director, and she would have known, oh, Crystal is about to graduate. I'm going to keep an eye out for her because I have a position, you know, becoming available. So volunteering is important. It oh, really, yeah, you really make is. great people, make great connections, and you never know that could be your next job. Absolutely. So where do you think HIM is going, Crystal? You know, we have lots of transition right now in healthcare. Um, you know, things are moving to quality. Uh, we also have, you know, changes within the HIM profession in general. So where do you think we're going as an industry? Oh, man. Um I believe we're still on the path of endless opportunities. Um, I remember several years back when the high-tech program came out, where the government provided funds for people to go back to school so that they can learn, um, you know, like technological skills and combine it with healthcare, and that's how you have all these, you know, HIT jobs of data here, data there, and, you know, data everywhere. Well, now I kind of foresee health information transitioning still 
down the path of information, but now taking that information, excuse me, taking that data and turning it into valuable information that healthcare entities can use for quality care of patients, for um, reimbursement and revenue, and, you know, and even, you know, government and statistical purposes. So as the profession evolves down this path, students, and seasoned professionals will need to equip themselves with whatever it takes to remain relevant as well as get extra stuff, you know, if they want to um, continue to pros- you know, prosper in the, in the profession. So you may be looking for um, credentials in data analytics, informatics, um, you know, in that direction, just so that you can remain relevant as well as adapt to the evolving data and informatics era. Mm-hmm. Very good point. So what what is your focus, Crystal? You know, what's, what's something that, you know, kind of turns your buttons or pushes your buttons in a positive way? Well, you mean as far as um, how we're developing into analytics or just in general with the profession? Well, just in general with you, you know, what's something that drives you within the profession? Oh, my goodness. Invitations like this to talk about the profession is just what motivates me on a daily basis. I love to talk about HIM and its importance and how we are relevant and educate people on what we do and who we are. Um, To kind of revert back to, you know, my introduction, I said that I do a lot of stuff in my community. One of the things that I just recently became involved with is the Greenville Pitt County Chamber of Commerce. And a lot of people were like, Crystal, <laughs> what's the point of you becoming a member of the Chamber of Commerce? You know, you're not a business owner. You know, what's your angle? Mm-hmm. My angle is to immerse myself in my community's business community and advocate for my profession. I live in Greenville, North Carolina, you know, home of East Carolina University, also the home of Vidant Medical Center. So we're a healthcare-driven community. Mm-hmm. Why am I not in the Chamber of Commerce to advocate for, you know, for health information technology and health information management to show them, hey, we are in the community. We're here to serve. Let us help you with your data, your analytics, your informatics, your coding, your revenue cycle, your billing, and et cetera. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people, they have heard of us but they don't know how much we really can do. You know, we're like superheroes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're like the superheroes of healthcare. We know a little bit about everything so that we could help a healthcare entity in any area that you put us in. And so that's what drives me, to get the word out about who we are and show them that we're here and we're not going anywhere and that we have the skills for success. Great. Yeah, I love that, Crystal. So, um, you know, you work a lot with students, and, of course, you have your um, new graduates that come out every year. So as a new grad, what's some advice that you can give them about coming into the industry and getting out there in the profession? Hmm, I have so much I can give him or her. (laughs) But in a nutshell, um, I would definitely advocate volunteering because under the umbrella of volunteering, you know, you have the Health Information Association 
that is um, that has extensions on the region, the state, as well as the national level. Volunteering locally is one of the first steps I believe a new grad um, should take. Mm-hmm. He or she should probably take it, you know, take that first step, as I said, when they're in the program, but definitely once they've graduated. Because under that umbrella of volunteering, you do meet those new people. You build that network. Uh, you begin to make those connective bridges that will go far, far, far outside of your expectations. I mean, I have gone to several events and seen people from 10 years ago that I have, you know, that I met and their networks have grown, my networks have grown, and we've, you know, come together and made our networks grow even more. So Mm -hmm. opportunities come, you know, by the boatloads through your networking and volunteering. Also, build your resume. Um, Sometimes we always focus on trying to get that first job because we got to get out there and we got to pay bills. And I know bills are important because, can't be too successful with no lights, no food, you know, but there are also times where in addition to that new job, you may have to take on something that you may not get the compensation that you want, but it's only temporary. It may be something that you take on a project or a part-time job or, you know, an internship where no pay or compensation is involved, but you get some dynamic skills to add to your resume that will be invaluable to your profession, you know, your professional career. It will take you many, many years of, you know, multiple opportunities that you never thought of. So you have to think outside of the box when you're trying to acquire skills and add that to your resume. Um, It does a lot for you as far as your your lo- your longevity in the profession. Also, credentials are important. Make sure that you get a credential. Employers are looking for credentials. Um, after you've graduated, my story is um, I've done both. Once I've graduated, I began working and then acquired my RHIT credential after I graduated from my associate's degree. And then for my bachelor's, I actually took the credential, um, the RHIA exam prior to graduation from my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. I always tell my students or new grads, take your exam before you graduate. Mm-hmm. It is imperative that you do that because you, if you think that working a little while will help you better prepare or will equip you better, it usually does not because you you learn a different type of skill set because you're working for an employer, whereas right. those exams are focusing on fundamentals, the things that you learn in school, not mm-hmm. what your employer teaches you or not how you do it at this company versus that company, but what the standardized rules and regulations for health information professionals, things that are taught to you in your programs, that is what you're being assessed on when you sit for your RHIT and RHIA exams. So I encourage grads to take your exams either before you graduate or very, very soon after you graduate. It's very, I mean, it's crucial because the longer you wait, you decrease your, you know, your chances of success. That's blatantly honest. And I'm not here to sugarcoat. Everybody who knows me knows I'm going to tell you like it is. (laughs) Um, Specialty credentials are also great. You know, if you're going into the coding realm or if you're doing CDIP, um, clinical documentation improvement, if you're looking at um, 
data analytics, having those certifications or credentials, um, employers look for that. You know, they put you in the top of the top type of positions. Your pay is, you know, drastically different from if you didn't have it. So it's very important to get those things because they show your mastery in whatever, you know, element that you're sitting for. So if you're uh, sitting for that CDIP, it shows your mastery in CDIP and et cetera. Gotcha. Um, another thing for new grads is to um, – almost lost my train of thought, but the other thing for new grads is to step out of your comfort zone. You know, when opportunities arise, let's say on the job, um, the boss comes to you and says, I have a project that I would like someone to work on. Would you be willing to do it? Be the first one to raise your hand. Hmm. Even if you're unsure of your success in the role, be the first one to raise your hand because it shows drive, it shows initiative, and your employer won't forget that you were willing, you know, to step up to the plate. So when other opportunities come, nine times out of ten, you'll be the first one in line that he or she will think of to call on. As well Absolutely, as, Crystal. Um, oh, yes. You know, I, I was able to progress through one of the jobs I had, um, you know, ended up being assistant vice president, got offered a VP role, actually, before I left. Um, but I did that through, you know, being willing to help. When someone came yeah. to me, I was willing to jump in and fix it. And, of course, staying abreast of what's going on in the industry, you know, mm-hmm. reading a lot, keeping yourself informed, keeping yourself in growth mode. Um, mm-hmm. I think those all added to my success. Absolutely. And that was the next thing I was going to mention is keeping yourself in the know, Uh, reading all of the periodicals that come out, whether it's through AHIMA or other um, health information uh, publications, you know, looking at webinars, participating in different types of workshops and educational sessions that your employer or your community, um, whatever, you know, the entity that may be providing it, whatever they offer, go to those events. Um, see what they're discussing, get involved in the conversation. It keeps you relevant. It allows um, the people that are making the decisions, you know, in in corporations, it lets them know, hey, that person's knowledgeable. I need him or her on my team. So these are just a few of the things um, that I think are key components of new grads. And not just new grads, but seasoned, seasoned professionals as well. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for joining us today and lending us a little bit of insight into how we can better prepare ourselves and mobilize and what's happening out there. Um, We really appreciate it. So, everyone, this is the conclusion today of Dot Bites. Crystal, do you have any last comments before we sign off? I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity today. Um, I just wanted to also... Um, let everybody know it's great. It's a great profession, health information management and technology. It's something that's not going away. Um, if you would like to contact me, you know, please do. I would love to talk. I would love to, you know, just keep the conversation going about the profession. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Crystal, and thank you all for joining us today for another episode of Doc Bites empowering you with information. Have a good day.
You've been listening to Doc Bites.